quick announcement for this episode. Unlike most of our podcasts, this recording sound quality originally was not up to par with the radio quality sound we try to put out. Editing has been done and work on the sound has been finished. Though not as fine-tuned as other episodes, it is now in a very good sound presentation discussing a fine film. Once again, thanks for listening and to the episode. You filed a flight plan to Mountain Rescue. If we don't report in, they'll come looking for us. Now that's how it's supposed to work, except I put in a flight plan for Borum Caverns, and this isn't Borum Caverns, is it, Juno? We're in the wrong cave. Where are we? It hasn't got a name. It's a new system. No one's ever been down here before. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer to stay alive without your mommy and daddy or die with them? That's a tough question, huh? It was alive and knows we're here. We just have to go. We have to go. We... You didn't see it. I'm not staying here. If we try to leave, they kill us. We're being quarantined here. We are being kept here to die. While you were looking for me, I was looking for you. Well, I got you now. Was that him in the car? Yeah, sure it was. Could have walked very far. Why is that? Because I cut off his legs. And I'm gonna do the same to you. to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. I ate too many gummy bears, so I feel sick. Oh, yum. That's my own fault. They taste good as they go down. Were they special gummy bears? It was the worms, actually. The worms. Special gummy worms? They're gummy worms. No, that's the standard, but it's like they taste really good as you eat them, and then they just sit there like a rock and, and you want to throw up. Because <laughs> it's pure it, sugar it, at the bottom of your stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's horse hoofs in my, my stomach that are just sitting there. <laughs> because Gelatin. <laughs> yep. Yeah, gelatin. Exactly. That is why my wife and, and the state. Anything. Oh, that's too bad because they taste damn good. And Jello, I love Jello. Anyway, um, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Who hey, this is Barrett. Hey, this is Barrett. Right, how's it going, sir? It's a bad day, okay. but this is the highlight. Very good, very good. I assume it has something to do with work. Oh uh, no, just not. And just you know, I'm not in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These things need to happen. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow is a new day. Look at it that way. Absolutely. 
Indeed. So, uh, we usually have another co-host named Eric, but uh, he unfortunately is under the weather uh, fairly severely, so uh, he will not be able to make it tonight, so he will be missed, uh, depending on your perspective. Oh, but either way, um, we are here, three of us, to talk about a new movie, or, yeah, it actually is a new movie, it's from 2022. Um, but before we get into all that stuff, who are we? Uh, the house cleaning stuff. Well, we are Dark Discussions Podcast, which is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It's a network of a number of podcasts that talk about genre. So sci-fi, horror, superheroes, you name it, we got it. We talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we are recording this October 6th. 2022, for some of our listeners who are always curious, such as Pam, because sometimes these episodes are recorded, but they're not released uh, the following week. They sometimes are released uh, at a later date. Uh, so just to timestamp it, that is the timestamp. Um, we do have uh, some other stuff of note. We have an email at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Just make sure you type in dark discussions in the topic or subject, no matter how you email us, so we know the email is direct for this podcast here because, uh, again, it goes into the same mailbox for all the podcasts. Uh, we will read email on the podcast, and we do love listener feedback. Um, what can people do on, like, Apple Podcasts and, and various places? Do you know? I think you do. Yeah, uh, they can listen to music, they can watch movies, they can download podcasts, or they can re- leave reviews. If you would like to leave a review for the Dark Discussions podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Five stars would be terrific, but, you know, honest reviews don't suck either. But the more reviews you give us, the more notification um, uh, notice we will get, the higher up the rankings we get, the, the better chance we get of more traffic and more listeners and further our aims to eventually taking over the world. Indeed. And uh, also on uh, the darkdiscussions.com website, there's a button for Patreon. Uh, you can press that button, or you can just go to patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions. And on the Patreon, you can shoot a podcast. Uh, we do this for free. We don't uh, charge any fees. However, if you are generous or have extra money or would like, you can donate to the podcast. Uh, because, again, this podcast, even though it is free for you folks, uh, it does cost money here because we do have uh, – storage fees for the podcast, uh, website fees, and uh, uh, other fees as well, including um, software to help uh, work on the website and things of that nature. Um, so any money that you donate is greatly appreciated. Uh, and if you do donate, for every $5 that you do no- donate per month, you get a chance to uh, choose a topic for us to do on the podcast. So, for example, if you choose to donate 15 you could choose each month three films, such as Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or Xena, the television series, for that matter. Or you could just choose Xena, the television series, three times. Uh, Because either way, you have three votes or three chances, and you can choose those chances any way that you like. Uh, Three of the same thing, or three different films, or whatnot. goes into a spreadsheet that we have a randomizer that will pick uh, every quarter of the year, a new topic that will be added to our to watch list and to review. Uh, 
and to record and release as an episode. And since today is October 6th, which is the first day of the month that we are recording a new Dark Discussions podcast, it is time for that randomizer because, again, this is uh, the new quarter, October, November, December, so it's Q4 of 2022. And, Mike, uh, we do have a randomizer ready, I assume. Is that correct? Uh, We do. All right. So... Uh, I'm not sure if you have the number plugged in yet, and you want to so press the randomizer. 452. So, are we ready? There you go. Absolutely, my friend. All right, and the number is. Fifty-one. I know that's an early number. Uh, let's see what we got. Fifty-one. Inside the French film. Oh. Inside. Okay. That's a good film. That's a rough watch, but yeah. I have yeah, never seen it, watch, but it'll be good for me. Oh, it's, it's a good year. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. It, it is It is really, really good. Uh, um, so, yeah, that, that's a good choice. I'm, I'm excited to do it. There's a film that we missed recording when it first came out, uh, so I'm kind of glad that it got randomly picked. I do not know who chose that film. It's not listed here, uh, but I think it may be Chris Genro, maybe, but I'm just guessing because um, the films around it, I think, are, are Chris Genro films. But uh, either way, uh, whoever chose it, we appreciate it. Uh, at that time, when it was uh, brought in, uh, number 51, uh, we weren't keeping uh, track as, as much as we do for the more recent uh, Patreon picks. Uh, but whoever it is, uh, uh, you know who you are. Good, so, uh, good call. Yeah. Good pick. Yep. All right. Uh, and Barrett, you'll be, uh, I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you haven't seen it yet. So that's, that's good. Yep. Going in blind. And that one's readily available. <laughs> yeah, it is? Absolutely. Okay, it's readily available, too. So, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it's not like uh, something wicked this way come that we're still waiting to get to. Is, it's just not available anywhere. When did it come out? The disc, and even the disc is uh, Inside, uh, since the podcast started, um, somewhere in the Let's, teens, I thought, right? Uh, I, well, I was thinking it was the late 2000s or early 2010s. I was thinking somewhere between 2008 oh, right. and yeah, 2011. 2007. Seven, all right. 2007, it says here. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it was before our podcast started. How about that? It's that old now. That's nuts, dude. 14 years old. Holy smokes. Crazy. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I guess uh, we can move on to our next uh, uh, part of the podcast. And I think uh, we're ready to probably begin our episode, meaning our topic tonight. Uh, so, uh, Mike, what are we going to discuss tonight? Well, we'll be discussing the Robert Eggers uh, historical drama, The Northman. Fate has no mercy.
escape my fate. That's right. Uh, the Northman. Uh, it's a 2022 film. Uh, came out earlier this year. Uh, the exact date is uh, April 22nd in the United States, um, 2022. Uh, Robert Eggers uh, directed it and co-wrote it with a guy named Sean uh, Seegerson uh, of uh, Iceland. Um, and Eggers, uh, the great thing about Robert Eggers is he is a New Hampshireite. And as we all know, the people from New Hampshire are the greatest people in the history of the world. Um, so, uh, here to talk about the film. The film actually has a pretty big cast, and it's a cast that I had no idea was in it, because I, I went in blind, even though I didn't know Alexander Skarsgård was the star, because he is on the poster. Uh, but Nicole Kidman is in it, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, uh, Bjork, Willem Dafoe. So that, that's a pretty big cast, even if some of those... Uh, folks are, um, I guess, what we would call um, cameos. I mean, sympathizers. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Even if they are commie sympathizers. What did you say? Oh, well, you know. Um, so, uh, the film is a film that uh, had a budget, a pretty budget, uh, about 70, 90 million, and, and barely made its money back if it did. Um, the film receives uh, uh, pretty damn good reviews, uh, generally from audiences. Uh, well, let me rephrase that: from reviewers, uh, and that was uh, a score of eighty-nine percent out of three hundred and seventy or sixty-seven reviews, which is pretty, pretty, pretty big amount of reviews. And uh, the film, as my internet is very slow. Is it's a 64% uh, review score by audience uh, out of 2,500 and over reviews. Um, so I guess we can go into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about this film. So uh, let's start with you, Mike. Um, I don't know how I heard about it. You know, it's just it's a Robert Eggers film. We reviewed his previous two movies, The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse. I caught it in the theaters. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of these things where I, I, I think overall, while the, I like some elements of the film, I'm a little lukewarm on it. Um, I'm probably my least enjoyed of the three that he's done. It's also, it's um, it's a familiar story because it's basically Hamlet. Spoiler warning, which means it's also basically the line. Yes. Um, I didn't think of that. And it's uh, it, it is the story that reportedly that uh, supposedly inspired Hamlet. But um, it's it's okay for me. I think it just runs a little long. Uh, and there's some just some weird bug ass stuff in it, uh, which you kind of expect now from a Robert Eggers film, right? You know. Uh, this is the guy that had the talking goat and the thoughts and in his previous two films. But uh, I think I still think it to me, given that it's a familiar story and kind of predictable where it's going to go, I kind of part of me wants wishes it was a little bit tightened up. 
But like I said, it's it's a decent film. I don't, but it is it is a spectacular film. I don't, I don't think it is. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with uh, you, Barrett. Um, yeah, I like the film. I probably a little lukewarm on it too, like Mike. Um, there are some things I really like about it, and then I think it definitely could have had some cuts to it, tightened it up, like Mike said. Um, but generally, I thought the acting was really well done, and the cinematography is great. Probably its strongest strongest point. All right. Anything else, Barrett? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, yeah, Eric did want me to uh, give his thoughts on the film, uh, even though he cannot join us. He said, I really liked the Northman, particularly impressed with the shot that went out over the rivet and followed the boat. No idea how they did it. Um, but yeah, he, he was the one that uh, was, I'll go to, to record this film uh, as a topic tonight. Uh, unfortunately, he, he got sick. These things do happen. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I went in blind. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, kind of a, a Nordic, uh, uh, I guess, uh, file, Nordic file, if that's, that's a, a term. Uh, so I, I was looking forward to the film. Uh, yeah, Eggert's, uh, we know Eggert's, uh, his films are very divisive, uh, whether it's the witch or, uh, the lighthouse, which were both, uh, generally loved by critics. Um, the two films themselves by regular audiences uh, are uh, what we call, um, I guess, up and down. Uh, though uh, horror fans appeared, uh, enjoyed uh, The Witch very much so. But generally, if we're just talking about anybody and everybody, uh, his films have been surprising in a sense. Uh, so this film here uh, is that polarizing as the other two? Um, maybe. Um, uh, but, uh, we'll talk about that. But for me, uh, what did I, about the film? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. Um, it, it's odd too, because I thought it was going to be this epic film and it was really kind of small, uh, in scale, uh, limited characters. There's a, only a couple of spots. The film really takes place. Um, and, uh, the budget was probably mostly be to try to make it um, period piece more than special effects. So it was uh, strange in that sense, because uh, I was expecting this big warrior epic type film. And, and in reality, it was uh, a very small scale film. Um, but uh, I did like it. Uh, Mike is right on when he says that it, it's basically Macbeth or, or Hamlet or whatever like a feel of, of both of those stories by Shakespeare. Um, it, it's, it is kind of, sort of, um, not, if not horror, it's, it's definitely like fantasy, even though it is a period piece that there is supernatural elements. So, um, it has those things going for it. Um, so I, I liked it, uh, but I don't know how I would recommend it. Um, because, it is a strange film similar to uh, Eggert's other two films. Uh, because, again, I wouldn't recommend either of those films necessarily either. It depends on who I'm talking to. Um, but if you just like the art of film, 
um, and don't care about anything else, then, then this film is probably for everybody that loves the art of film because it is a well-made film. But uh, I liked it, and it will probably be on my top uh, a speculative fiction list uh, at the end of the year, somewhere on that list. I'm not sure where. Um, all right, so uh, with that stated, um, Aaron, uh, do we have a wiki? At our, or IMTV, if you prefer. <laughs> uh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. I can't do that like Eric, but I'll try. Um, a young Viking prince is on a quest to avenge his father's murder. That's it. <laughs> Short and to the point. It's good enough, I guess. <laughs> Short and to the point. Um, so... Uh, what we do here on Dark Discussions Podcast, uh, for folks who are new or those who aren't, uh, what happens here is uh, we don't just review films. Uh, we also critique and dissect films, basically give our thoughts on specific scenes and spoilers and the end and all that. Uh, so at a certain point, we will throw up a spoiler alert and we will say uh, it is time to uh, give anything and everything about the film that may uh, give away certain things. Um, so we'll warn you and say spoiler alert, but before that we generally talk about uh, things like the director or uh, the genre itself, so maybe period pieces or Norse mythology or, or whatever, and then uh, talk about general stuff related to the film before we actually do get into spoilers. All right, so... Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, let me just give a quicker synopsis over the IMDb. Uh, basically, it is this uh, prince uh, or young young prince. And when we're saying princes, we're not talking about uh, you know king of of England or king of France or Spain or Russia or whatever. We're, we're talking about these little teeny fiefdom kingdoms back in the day when uh, a lot of countries like Italy, Germany, and England were just like uh, fiefdoms, rather, or, or like little countries uh, that had "quote unquote" kings when they were really just like mayors of, of a small area. Um, and uh, this king comes back from warrior fighting somewhere, and uh, something happens that uh, results in uh, some tragedy, and then uh, the film turns into uh, a revenge type of film, and, uh, and that will be part of the spoiler alert. So, uh, where do we want to start? Uh, anybody want to talk about general stuff? Anybody? Well, I, I think one thing I'd like to mention is it's a bizarre mix of history and fantasy, because while there's fantastical elements to it, it's hard to say that there really are you don't know what, how much of what you're seeing is real and how much of what you're seeing is a mushroom induced hallucination. Um, like there, there's a, a, a an ex, there's just as thinking an example where he, there's a scene where he fights a monster to, yep. to retrieve a weapon. And either he fought a monster to retrieve a weapon or he, he just picked one off, off a corpse in a tomb. And it's hard to say. Right. So it's, you know, uh, so did that really happen? Was that all in his head? 
you know, was, you know, so there, there's, there's this thing here. So I think it allows you some plausibility to go both directions, right? That you're living in the, the headspace of the people of the time who would have absolutely have believed this stuff. But if you, you want to believe this more as historical fiction, then you also have an out for that too. Yeah, that was one of the things I liked about this yeah. film is the way it did that and way it, the way it presented that uh, I thought was pretty cool. And I haven't seen a whole lot of Viking movies out there that did a portrayal quite like this, that have done a portrayal quite like this. I was saying, yeah, they do portray the, the world really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, that's where they probably spent most of their, that $70 million budget was the portrayal of the world. Uh, more than anything to make it as realistic looking as possible. Um, and, and the film uh, kind of reminded me of um, another Viking film with hallucinations and weird things like that. Um, and that film starred Mad Mikkel, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, called Valhalla Rising. Um, and this film kind of reminded me of that, uh, not just because of the period piece, but how it was filmed and what's real and what's not real. Um, and, and I guess the fate of the lead characters in both. Um, but the, the, uh, the thing was too, Mike, I, yeah, I, I thought that battle with the Draugr, I think it's called, which is like this undead monster, um, and then we have this weird twist and then you're like, oh, was that just all in his head? And he just walked over and picked up the, a weapon from a dead corpse. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the intent was because we know this guy's a strong warrior, whether or not he imagined killing a mythical beast or not. So what was the point of the hallucination? So it, it makes me wonder if is it, was it real or not? And I, I just don't know. It's been a battle in the mind too. some of the, you know, that's how some things happened in, you know, how they thought they happened. <laughs> right. And this is a, yeah, real myth, right? This is a, a, apparently a real legend. I don't know the real legend um, or story, but it, you know, this may be a part of it. You know, like Theseus fighting the Minotaur or uh, Hercules fighting the the, the Hydra. Um, in which case, this they may have wanted to incorporate the story and yet not make it a hundred percent fantastic. So they give you that out. Right, right, yeah, and, and that that could be the case because when when I went into this film, I was expecting a non-fantastical period piece, and then what we get was well, maybe it was uh, fantasy and not just a uh, period piece. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's it was curious. Uh, so you can look at the film 
I guess, two different ways because of it. Well, and I think I, I'm not sure if I would necessarily call it fancy. It might have been how they viewed the world as well. You know what I mean? It yeah. could have been taking that, that perspective. Yeah. They, they were were more mystical and didn't have as much science. So it was a different time. Sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if Robert Eggert, uh did see the movie Valhalla Rising from pretty much the same period, time period, I think 2009, as Inside uh, it came out uh, at that point. And that film, like I said, it has so many things um, that this film has. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if... Uh, he just saw that film. He goes, "Oh, that's an awesome film, and I got to make my own Norse film." And 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 he came up with this one here. Um, and that one, they they had things too that were kind of fantasy, but you could wa- take it away and just say, "Oh, that, that was just them imagining or dreaming or on drugs or something." So, um, and I'm assuming neither of you have seen Valhalla Rising. Because if you have, I don't think I, I have. I yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it's better than this film here, um, to be honest. But, but th- this one's pretty good. Um. So, uh, what else uh, did you guys want to talk about that was general related to the film and and the Norse and what was real and what isn't? Um, speaking of what's real and what isn't, um, now. We just did the 550th episode of Dark Discussions as a, a topic, uh, and, and the film that was recorded because of a, a poll was uh, The Invasion of the Body Snatches, 1978. Eric, you chose a topic as, as one of the films of the poll uh, called Jacob's Ladder, and oh, how that film kind of ends, This and, and, and what was real and what wasn't. And how that film ends, it makes me wonder if how this film ends, it's similar to what was going on in Jacob's Ladder. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Because basically that was, a yeah, fight again, for his, well, well, that was a fight for his soul in Jacob's Ladder, basically. And what, he, what, you know, he was causing his own problems and good things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, and so synapse in the brain and, and things. Uh, another example of that is there's a, a movie called Signs by M. Night Shyamalan, which I'm sure everybody knows. There's a scene where Mel Gibson is talking to his brother in that, and he's talking about how his wife died, and she got killed in a car accident where, where someone ran her over and crushed her. And when she was talking, and she just out of the blue says, swing away. Uh, and Girl. Meaning, meaning, you know, like a baseball bat, you know, and his brother that he's talking to, Mel Gibson's brother, who he's talking to in that movie, uh, he says she was dying, and these thoughts that she was saying out loud when she was dying were just random synapses popping in her brain, and she was taken, a memory popped up about uh, his brother when he used to play minor baseball, and she was screaming in the audience, swing away, swing away. And that's it. It was just brain synapse. 
And so I guess what I'm going at without trying to spoil it yet, because we haven't got to the spoiler section, is we could we could argue that a lot of the film, or at least in my opinion, may not even be real. Similar to no, I think I think the good part of it is real. I mean, I don't know why I would go um like he didn't have a moment where he he died. Um so like like early in the film where you say well everything from this point on is not something that yeah. happened. There there were little things where it's there are moments of magic. There's moments of of uh, of hallucinogen, uh, hallucinogens, which are very clear when the hallucinogens are used for the most part. Um, and then there's other things like you know, well, there's the the the, the birds moment uh, near the end of the film, uh, where the birds come in to save him. Uh, and there's things I think they're clearly hallucinations, like there's a, a shot of a Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of. Getting it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, in a way, that well, could be uh, like his final brain thoughts, too. You know what I mean? The visions of the Valkyrie or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where, where I'm kind of getting at. Where I'm trying to was trying to say stuff about boiling it, like certain things that he's thinking that just pop up in his head, even if they're not true or not. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll get into further of that when, when we, we get into the spoiler section. Um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up those generals before we? Get well, I said spoilers? it in the yeah, I said it in the beginning, but I, I really thought the cinematography was amazing. I mean, there's just some really really good shots in this movie, um, and they definitely didn't spare on that. And it seemed authentic, like a lot of what I saw in this seemed authentic, like outfits and stuff like that. Which I appreciate it. Right, right. Yeah, I remember watching this this movie. I, I watched this movie, and, and I'm sure uh, Mike has seen it, and you probably have too, Barrett, uh, called Zodiac. Um, yes. And that's a Will Fincher film. Um, and they, I have the disc, and it's you know, behind the scenes and all that. And oddly, a lot of that film is, is uh, computer graphics. So when you're looking down the street, you know, you have your characters, and in the background, you see, you know, the, the San Francisco hills and all that stuff, and cars driving by. It's all just computer graphics, and they were actually, the actors were actually just standing in front of a green screen in a set, and uh, so, so, and you can't tell, you know, until they show it to you in the behind the scenes. So I, I wonder if this film uh, is like that too. But either way, your 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 point. Barrett is taken, which is it, it all looked marvelously real, whether it was computer graphics or if it was actually built sets. Well, um, you were pretty good at spotting so, that. I didn't see anything that was a telltale of like using the volume or anything like that. So I think most of this was real. Looking at how Eggers works, um, you know, like when he, I don't know if he did it here, but I know when he did The Witch, he basically used all natural lighting. Um, you know, he, he wants authenticity in his film, so I don't imagine there's a lot there that's digital. If any, if there's any digital work, I'm sure it was something like removing telephone poles or 
uh, you know, airplanes in the sky, something like that. Yeah, and that makes sense. It was just something that that was was interesting to think about. But you're right. I, I mean, I didn't see anything anywhere that made me say, "Oh, that's most certainly computer graphics." Except maybe there's a couple of scenes of blood that that you could obviously tell. But but the background, the sets, the, the final scene probably was, was a little bit <laughs> done. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Now. Barrett, when was the first time you ever saw this film? Was it for this this episode, or had you seen it prior? I had not seen it prior. It was for this episode, and I just saw it a few days ago. Um, and I watched it on my big TV, and I think that was the perfect place to watch it. And uh, for you, Mike, uh, did you you actually saw this at the theaters, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. It was me uh, on the right side of the theater, another guy on the left side of the theater, and then, like, a group of teenagers in the back, and which created, I'm guessing, a teenagers, older teenagers. But um, I don't know what they thought they were going to see, but there was, a, like, a lot of nervous giggling and laughing throughout the film, <laughs> uh, which I think I could totally see, because there are, there are just bizarre moments. And I know I was pissing off the guy next to me, because uh, I think they ended up walking out after about an hour or so, and we talked after the movie was over. Um, but like they clearly were not grasping what they were watching and they didn't know how to process it would be my guess. Uh, um, but I, I don't know. I think it's just such a bizarre film in some ways, especially if you're used, if you're going in expecting a, a more standard film, um, I can see why this would throw you off. Right. I actually, um, tr- I actually tried I, to watch I, it with my wife, and yeah. she couldn't, she couldn't handle it, um, and so I didn't get to see it when it was free. I had to watch it this week, because that, that's when I started watching it when it was free on Peacock, and uh, she, she just couldn't handle it. All right, well, like the Willem Dafoe scene, right? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that that that's that's bizarre, but it's also, and they, Edgar says that's like pretty much the the most fantastical like the most fictional part of this story, you know, because they didn't have much to go on as to what this ceremony might've looked like. So they pretty much created it, um, as well-informed speculation. Okay. But it it was silly. There was a lot of silly in it. I don't, I didn't know it's silly because a lot of religious ceremonies are going to look silly to outsiders. And there's a religious ceremony that if it was ever done, but you know, hasn't been done in God knows how many centuries. So there's a lot of removal. Um, yeah, I, I did, so I'm curious how everyone's going to respond. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, it was a, it's fairly accurate in terms of its portrayal of the the, the, the period and the history and, and the rest of it. Again, the story is a is a is a fiction, or but might you know who knows what basis it might have had in reality. So I don't know. I thought I, I think that part I found interesting. I think that the Anything that reminds me just how much the world sucked back then that does not go out of its way uh, to gloss over the uglier parts of it and uh, try to pretend that it was some benighted time or you know, a simpler time or no, it's just dirty and cold and hard fucking work and, you know, a time of just disease and starvation. I don't, don't, nobody should ever want to live back in those days. Ever. Agreed. 
and 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 also the 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 honest uh, inhumanity uh, where people looked at the enemy as non-humans. Uh, the the soldiers would kill all the men if you win the battle. Then all the men are just executed mercilessly, and then all the women are just rounded up and raped and sold as slaves, sex slaves. And and so th- there is no looking at other groups of people, whether it's your own nation where they're just different fiefdoms or whether they're completely different ethnicities, they they just were horrible to each other. Weren't they killing the kids too? Right here. Weren't they killing oh, yeah, the kids yeah, too? Killing the kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I actually yeah, as appreciate... long as they were boys, they killed all the boys. The girls yeah, yeah. Cheap because they're gonna rip them. Well, we saw why they killed all the boys because that's the whole point of the story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let them right. live; they'll come back for you. Um, I appreciated the fact. I, I get very tired. I, I understand if it's a like a pure fantasy film, you know, some weird thing like I don't know, Willow. I guess maybe. I don't know. But it's I, I hate I can't say hate. I don't like it when you just get these movies that are set in a time period with characters who have the morality of the current age. Yeah. And, um you know, like, oh, well, here's our lead characters, but they're perfectly fine with, you know, knowing that their brother is a is a homosexual and just so sorry he has to hide who he is behind what back at that time. It's like, yeah, no, probably would have had more of an issue with it. Here, slavery is a thing. They don't at any point try to lecture you about how awful slavery is. And it is, but at the time, it was just an accepted fact of life. It was a thing, oh, you got captured in battle. Congratulations, you're a slave now. It sucks. But you're going to be dicked over, but they don't at any point like try to have somebody talk about the evils of slavery. The uh, the lead character we see him uh, as a as a berserker at the beginning of the film, and and he's a a brutal motherfucker. Oh yeah, he does things that you really can't say he's the hero of the story. He's the lead, but he's you know, but this is how this is what things were like, right? This is that. Yes, we shall we shall capture the village and round up all their children, put them in a house and set the house on fire. Yes. Oh, oh, oh the boy children, the boy children. Right. The woman so, children you have to keep because you get, all the women are, are sex slaves and raped. Right. Unfortunately. And and it's like that that's the world. And um if you're trying to tell some piece of historical fiction, it helps not to change the history. The 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 parts that we would look at, you know, as ugly now, we don't have to, and also go the other, we don't have to have it pointed out that it's ugly, even if they don't change it. Um, I, I, I don't need to be told that raping your, 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 your captured women is bad. I, I know that. Thanks. Um, yeah. But it's certainly period, you know, people at the time might not have been standing up to give those speeches. Well, and I don't think we have to go further than maybe a week to know that in current times that that still happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well and, and, and to be honest, the, the, what's, what's interesting is the even the slaves, the ones that are in Iceland, 
you know, there's the Christians, most of them are Christians and they're slaves and he's a berserker and he's a slave. And yet there's no like camaraderie because even the slaves look at their other slaves as there's a cast. Um, like, yeah, yeah. There's a cast. Like, Oh, they're not my people. I don't care if they're Christians. They're not my people. So I don't care about those people. They're slaves like me, but it doesn't matter because they ain't my people. They're Christians. So who cares about those people? So, it it's interesting, and I like what you said, Mike, too, which is the film really does show it how it is at that time period without any uh, whitewashing of it uh, based off of today's uh, quote-unquote moral code. And, and I use that loosely um, because the today, yeah, they would have someone saying, this is not right, or, or I like this person because he's a slave just like me or or uh you know they're all we're all humans we should respect you know and all that stuff. none of that's there because that's not how it was then and if you threw in people like that then this film would just be another hollywood phony film yeah. and not you know what 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 the story was trying to be so so i i liked that aspect um and i'm glad you brought that up mike because that's very important. Um, yeah, it makes the film and, much better. And, right, and it's also not its not endorsing yeah. these behaviors. I, I think it's just trusting yeah. the audience to be able to, to look at it and just go, holy shit, am I so glad I don't live in that time period anymore. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, and it's yeah. funny because the people yeah, that yeah, get I mean, morally, morally outraged by, you know, the things they see in this film... I, they don't think about how some of those things happen today. So it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. I like to yeah. see it true like this. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so that, that's a, a very good uh, high point for this film is the realism of the era without uh, whitewashing it with a 2022 20, month. Uh, so, that, that was good. Um, let's see. Uh, any other items we want to bring up that is not spoiling? All right. Um, all right. So at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler. And at this point, we'll talk about pretty, pretty much anything and everything about the film. So if you haven't seen the film, um, at one time it was at Peacock, as Barrett mentioned now. Uh, Peacock yanked it even though it is a universal film, they for some reason yanked it and, um, you only can rent it or buy it. Um, so as of October 6, 2022, uh, that's the only way you can, you can, uh, view it where you can purchase it for anywhere between 10 to $20, depending on the, the format or the company, um, the VOD company or disc. And then to rent it, it's around six bucks, five ninety nine, pretty much everywhere. Um, all right, so the spoiler alert is up. Everybody has been warned. I uh, won't get into everything and anything. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to bring up a point where maybe a lot of this was just similar to Jacob's Ladder, spoiler alert for that movie, which is 30 years old, um, where someone's really just at their deathbed and, and things are, are popping in their brain. Um, and And a lot of the film may have just been 
the dreams or, or dying brain of a person. But Mike did make an excellent point. There's no spot in the film that you look back when the movie's over and say, okay, that, it was that point, that spot in the film, like in Jacob's Ladder, where you can say, okay, that's where the the dream happened of a dying brain versus the real world. Um, so maybe that uh, suggestion by me was out of left field. But the only reason I said it though, because like the Valkyrie and all that seems like it was coming from a dying brain. But again, it could have been that last five minutes that was in his brain where he's just imagining things and he is a dying brain versus a whole movie like Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I would uh, agree with that. Thoughts or opinions? No, I agree with that. Yeah. It could be his dying brain seeing and and his dying brain because of what his beliefs are, you know. This is what he's seen. Hope fulfilled. Yeah, sure, sure. Mike, you were going to say something too? Oh, I say I agree. Uh, there's definitely moments in the film that are that either are proof that the that Norse mythology is real or are hallucinations. I tend to lean on the latter half. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and even the, the quote-unquote wizards or witches that, that we see in this film, uh, and there's it, like three of them, at least as a guy, and then two women, including one played by Anna Taylor-Joy, or whatever her name is, um, are the type that, you know, similar to uh, what we would call, you know, fortune tellers that you would find on, on a beach boardwalk or, or at your local carnival, where some people believe them, but generally, you, you know, that, that, that they're not true. So it could be th- that, I think. And they're not, you know, they think they're witches and they think they have powers, but they really don't. Um, though, and their powers are, I can slip mushrooms into your. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you stuff that yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is about the future and it might happen to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot of the film and, and the, the magic is really just hallucinated drugs. That's That's a fair point, which makes the film more, I guess. Uh, interesting or odd because again is it really a fantasy film or is it just uh, regular people in a a strange world from the past that just think um, fantasy things exist because of superstitions so yeah Um, all right so let's let's talk about uh, the the scene so 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 basically uh, um, Ethan Hawke plays the king uh, the, the queen or queen consulate, consulate is played by uh, Nicole Kidman, um, and there's a brother played by a Danish actor uh, that I, I had never seen before. And the brother, who's I guess a bastard, uh, but in, in those days maybe it, it didn't matter as much. But um, he betrays the king, kills the king burns down a village, takes the king's wife as his own, and tries to kill his son as a young lad who flees um, and escapes. And so the film turns out to be a film of vengeance. Uh, So the boy who escapes, the prince, uh, becomes a berserker. Uh, For folks who don't know what that is, it's a 
Fedor, uh, Viking or Norse or Germanic, Teutonic uh, warrior that basically robs and rapes uh, and, and kills and takes over villages and plunders and, and whatnot. Uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, they were uh, NPC monster, quote-unquote monster, um, if you played that game. And uh, so we find, we, go, we jump into the future about 10, 15 years maybe, and he's a berserker. Um, and this, this group of berserkers, he's not the, the leader. Um, and they're in an uh, area called Rus, R-U-S, which is um, part of Russia. So, and it's far into Russia, so west of, I mean, uh, east of uh, Moscow, I believe, and south towards the Volga River. Um, and basically these Vikings are over there uh, slaughtering um, villages and, and taking women prisoners and killing all the, the boy children and the, the male uh, that aren't warriors. They keep as slaves, and then they kill all the, the, the warriors that are on the losing side. So all these Russians are getting slaughtered and raped, basically. Um, and that's pretty much where the film starts, right? I mean... And his journey is he sees a, a wizard, uh, I mean a witch, who, who uh, gets him on the move to leave the berserkers and find his uncle and get revenge on his uncle and try to take back the kingdom. Um, that, and this is where that, we have our first twist. But go on. That's the Cirrus, right? That's played by Bjork. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. The Russian one, yeah. And so... He leaves Rus, again, part of Russia, and heads to Iceland, um, where he allows himself to be a slave so he can be brought to uh, his uncle's, uh, I guess, home as a slave for his uncle. Now, the reason he's doing this is because in Denmark or Norway or wherever, actually, it was... uh, it was, what the hell was it? It was, it was off, I think it was off the coast of Norway, an island off the coast of Norway, uh, where his father's kingdom was. His f- uncle lost a battle and lost the kingdom to another guy, uh, like Har- Harold or Har- Harlan or something like that, who oddly, a lot of these characters are, are real in history, as you said, Mike. And so his uncle is now just a farmer. Yeah, he, o- he overhears two people talking about that, right? That's how he finds out about it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so so he lands up in Iceland and he finds uh, his uncle and, and he's a slave of these Christians and uh, his uncle's kids are dinks, especially the oldest one. Uh, and he also finds his mother as the concubine for his uncle. And that's the second big twist, in my opinion, because I was not expecting this that scene. I was not either, yeah. Uh, all right, so what, where do we want to go? What do we want to talk about? Anyway. Well, let's talk about the 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 mother, since that, that was the big twist that I, me and you heard it, uh, weren't weren't expecting. Uh, Mike, were you expecting that twist about the mother? Nicole Kidman's character and her actually being, I guess, quote-unquote, a villain? Yeah, I kind of was by that point. Um, she didn't seem all that broken up about uh, being the, the brother's wife. 
Um, she she seemed to be having a good time of it. So yeah, I, I was kind of expecting her to be on in on the deal. Yeah, it was a surprise, though it does make sense. Barry, what about you? Uh, what were your thoughts when, when this all happened? Uh, did you think she was just trying to be a survivor, like, say, uh, Sansa was in Game of Thrones until she could get out of it? Or was it I did it first. I did it that? first. Yeah, and then it was a complete surprise when she actually talks to him and tells him basically she was raped by his father and she didn't really want to be with him anyway and she set it all up. <laughs> right. Right. So, so what, what we learn, assuming Nicole Kidman's character is not a liar, is she may have been some woman in some village that uh, the, the princess slash berserk's uh, father had invaded, uh, pillaged, and took all the women as prisoners and sex slaves, and he chose Nicole Kidman's character as, I guess, a sex slave. And since she was forced have sex with someone that basically was an invader she uh became pregnant with uh the lead characters but she didn't want that child and so she hated that child and her husband all along and um decided to work with the king's brother to overthrow the king's brother and and then you know she can marry him instead and be a quote unquote I guess legitimate woman I guess um, do you guys believe her do you think she was lying or do you really that maybe she was telling the truth and she's a villain only because of the perspective of the lead character oh, I think she's a villain. I mean, she's even, like, creepily, like, kidding on him almost at that one point. Yeah. I was curious I, I, if that was just her trying to... Yeah, I, I, or taunting him. Or, I mean... Can you blame a woman for murdering the man who raped her and enslaved her and even if he made her queen can can you blame her for hating him can you can you i i mean i i right. feel more yeah, awkward right. about her That's hating the son that came from that rape because he didn't have anything to do with it yeah he was a consequence of it and i think to me that's that's what would put her over the the line as being a villain, but it's uh, you know as I've said the, this phrase a whole lot. Uh, I think in when discussing the uh, new Game of Thrones spinoff, uh, you have to look at that world, right? It's that that time and place, and yeah, uh, if that culture believes that a, let let a boy go, he's going to come back and 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 murderize you because of uh, revenge reasons. Yeah, I can understand why she'd want him to go, too. Right. Yeah. But I he's no worse than she is uh, for wanting to we, do it. <laughs> you, yeah, mean, yeah, but but Mike does have a fair point. You mean, you mean, you mean Omelette? Is, yeah, he has, he's no worse than her for wanting to to kill the brother and then killing her because she basically was attacking him. So he's no worse than her. You're, you're all... 
he wants to he wants to avenge his father's death and most cultures don't really frown on that at least in concept even if legally they do um and i would be willing to say that there's a good chance that if uh this somehow ended up in a court of law eh, i don't know i think son kills father's murderer you have a pretty good chance of walking out of there um you know in front of a jury i think a lot of people are are, are empathetic to that or sympathetic to that um and he also want he also thought he was going back to save his his, his mom and and he wasn't and, and i can also so even that kind of justifies it but he was also going to save his mom from the fate of who knows how many women he'd condemned to that same exact fate over the 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 20 years in between I'm sure she sented some people to that type of fate as well, being the mistress of that land, and they had lots of slaves. Yeah, I, I have no idea what authority she would have had. Uh, she certainly probably wasn't objecting to having slaves. She probably wasn't objecting to enslaving others. It, it, this, this is this, again, this is how the world worked. Yeah. Um, it's not nice. It's ugly. No one's saying you have to approve it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh my god. Well, well, you know, there, there's uh, another 30 year old movie uh, called The Goodfellas. You know, Goodfellas, and there's a scene where the mob boss's wife, or the mobster's wife, is brought in by the FBI, and they say to her, "You're no innocent victim here. You knew what was going on. You knew where the money was coming from. You, you weren't pulling." The, the triggers or robbing the restaurants and stores, but but you you lived off all that money and you knew a hundred percent what was going on. So you're you're going to jail too. So the difference here is the character Goodfellas knew what was right and wrong based off of the laws of the world of the modern era, while Queen Gudrun, which is Nicole Kidman's character. She lived in a world that slaves were ex- were normal things, and again, as you said, Mike, we're not approving of that world or approving of her even accepting slaves as part of her "quote unquote" kingdom. But the it was normal, and she well owned slaves, so the so she obviously based off of modern era has dirty hands, but back in that time was she truly a villain? And I, at first well, thought it, that too, Barrett. If you're going to go that way, ahead. then you could say his berserkerness is part of society as well. I mean, that right. was well, that's something what I'm trying they to say. did. We, we don't so, know. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's what, that was, my, that was my point. I was trying to say that, that all that stuff doesn't matter. The question is, was she a villain for helping murder her husband with her brother-in-law and wanting the death of her son, who was a consequence I, of what she feels was a rape? I feel she's less a villain 
And then the brother, I mean, the brother betrayed the other brother. I mean, just straight out. <laughs> yeah. And and killed him without a chance. I mean, he he surrounded him and speared him and they were all on horseback and he had absolutely no opportunity to live through that. So that was just pretty heinous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The brother is pretty bad. Um, and because you're right, he wasn't a victim of rape or anything like that. He chose to do it and he wasn't getting necessarily getting vengeance. I, I, I guess he was just doing it because he wanted kingdom. Right. I mean, of course, was, being a bastard, he could have been born of rape. We don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah. There's no doubt that's possible. What I meant was, was to kill the brother wasn't to get vengeance for, his own birth or anything like that. It was just to get power in the kingdom, right? Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. That's uh, but either way, Nicole Kidman's character is pretty villainous, whether or not it is understandable in, in a roundabout way, why she did what she did. And, and the thing is, is that interesting is that, the lead character, Amleth, played by Alexander Skarsgård, was there to save his mother because he assumed his mother was being a, f- a forced concubine by his uncle, when in fact she was a, a willing participant the entire time and actually wanted to kill him as well. So yeah. it is it is a, a shock for sure. Um, well, and we can't get, I mean, when we watch these things, we can't get away from our modern sensibilities. We still see things through a prism um, and whether I can accept, you know, what they've done or not is different from me thinking it's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if I just looked at this film straight out without the time period, you're right. I, I just look at the, the mother as most certainly a villain. Uh, so Mike, Mike, uh, you said this was like Hamlet. You felt, uh, why don't you explain that? Oh. And, 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 well, it's, where, it's, where it goes that? Yeah. it's Danish, which uh, Hamlet is Dane. It's omelet is his name or omelet or whatever you pronounce it with the accent, which is omelet. And the story of Hamlet is about a man who's a boy, and boy, whatever, whose uncle murders his father and marries his mother, and he spends the movie, uh, sorry, the play, seeking revenge. And that's basically the outline here. It's the the Lion King. You know, Scar kills Mufasa, you know, shacks up with uh, Simba's mom, and Simba, Simba spends the rest of the, the movie trying to plot his revenge. You know, so it's the same idea. Now, in, in Hamlet, for a 500-year-old spoiler alert, was the mother villainous and participating in the the murder? Um, I don't think she was participating oh, in it. You may not I don't think she participated. The uh, father was poisoned, if I remember correctly, was poisoned, was poured into his ear while he was asleep. Um, I've seen some interpretations where Gertrude knew. But I don't know that it's uh, uh, generally – my understanding is that 
usually isn't that she doesn't know that he was murdered. So that that would make a difference here. Gertrude was not a villain. Now, uh, where, where do we want to go? Uh, Bear, what, what what scenes that did you want to talk about now? Um, this, well, uh, my favorite popcorn. And my favorite scene in the whole movie is the final death scene between the two of them. I just really like the simultaneous killing. And it was kind of, I was just a little bit surprised at it, though, the way it happened. Um, the one guy gets his head cut off and our main character, Amleth, gets stabbed through the heart, basically, it looks like. Um, I just thought it was a really well done scene. They're fighting around lava and then both both of them fall to the earth, and then he gets a ride with a Valkyrie, it looks like. I just really like that scene. Yeah, well, let me ask you that, Barrett. Uh, were you surprised that he was doomed at the end, that he died as well, and he didn't get the happy ending? Yeah, I kind I, of I mean, felt, me, I felt I, like I it felt, was going to happen. I felt like he was going to die from about the time when he left... Uh, his woman and jumped in the water. I figured that was his end. I, I was, I was thinking, wondering if he was doomed from the beginning, uh, in this film, because as we, we've seen in, in numerous, uh, stories and fables and whatnot, that vengeance, you know, you may get your vengeance, but you are destroying yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And, I'm wondering if that's what that's the story was going for, because had he just not gone back or just left with um, Anna Taylor Joy's character, he could have just went off and, you know, lived that life of, I guess, whatever happiness life is in that time period, even if he wasn't a king. But he had to get his vengeance, especially after he found out his mother was a stinker. <laughs> and as a result, it, it kind of was like just total destruction of her new family, never mind himself. Even if he lives on in genetic DNA, was it, was it all worth getting the vengeance if he died himself? Well, he, he got a Valkyrie to Valhalla, so I think he thought it was worth it. Whereas the other guy didn't get a Valkyrie. Yeah, true. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, Unless that I think the, it's... You know, the synapsis thing. Yeah, go ahead, Well, it's an interesting... that It's a different world. It's a different culture. You get that very strongly in the beginning of the film where you watch the father... Uh, basically tell Nicole Kidman that he is not going to die dishonorably like a graybeard in his bed, you know, that he's going to, you know, he doesn't want that living to old age is not a good thing for these people, or at least not for uh, a significant contingent of the men, right? Um, you are supposed to die a warrior. That's it. Full stop. And it's disgraceful if you do not die in battle. So he comes back uh, from this battle beginning. He's injured nearly fatally. We don't know how much longer he was actually going to live after that uh, if he had not been ex- uh, been assassinated. Right. But it's just it, it, that is a mindset that I don't think um, I, I mean that we 
can identify with it, right? That that's that's a Klingon thing, right? That's not a that's not a, a, a an American way of life. I can identify with it. I mean, I think we all live too long these days, but <laughs> I'd rather die gloriously than. Oh, but yeah. he was like, basically, I'm going to go out and make sure I die in battle. So I'm just going to keep fighting, fighting, and fighting until I'm finally killed. Right? It's it, it, that it's a weird that it, it's in a weird way it was a hallmark of of shame to to survive your battles. At some point, you got to die. That's your job. Right. Yeah, and, and that is well known in Norse mythology that Viking warriors uh, or Vikings period that lived in that time that believed in uh, the Norse mythos. Uh, if you didn't die on the battlefield, your afterlife wouldn't be as glorious as as it should be if you just died sick in bed or, or old age or you know killed over from from uh, an aneurysm or cancer or whatever. So um, that makes me think of Midsummer, actually, where they would jump off the cliff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, well, a lot of cultures were like that, right? I mean, obviously the, the Japanese samurai where they would stab themselves uh, rather than um, die a non-glorious death. And, um, and then, then we, we, we have the, in, in modern day, we, we see uh, certain groups of of uh, the Islamic faith that believe in, in a certain way of uh, dying honorable, even if they they are um, not thinking right, in a sense. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of cultures that ha- that do have. A different thought process uh, versus, say, you know, some examples in, in movies we were talking about recently, where, or even House of the Dragon, for that matter, where uh, I was talking about every breath you take is important because once you stop breathing, that's it. So other cultures appears that doesn't matter as long as you're you're you die gloriously because a lot of those folk believe there's an afterlife and have full faith. So when they die, they're not scared because they don't worry about not going to Allah or wherever they think or call their heaven. So, right. But I and my thing is that so when we look at it, did you know was it a good thing, bad thing? In his culture, what he did was perfectly fine because he got to go to Valhalla. Yep. That's all that mattered. All yeah. that mattered is he died in battle. It didn't matter what he died in battle over. It didn't matter that maybe his daddy deserved to die, which, you know. We can, we can it didn't that matter that he, 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 he left a, a woman pregnant with, with kids that he'll never be able to, uh, it, I guess. It doesn't matter that he, and it doesn't matter that he massacred how many people along the way, <laughs> right? How many, that he put God knows how many children in, in houses and burned them alive. Um, right. Yeah, it's just crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we we saw that film Prey, 
recently where we saw the Quebecers, um, f- the fur traders. Dang French. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would go into villages and just wipe everybody out and, and take stuff, you know. And that was only, you know, 300 years ago. Um, and, you know, this is this is 1,200 years ago. And, yeah, I mean, they, they just looked at, at people that weren't them, meaning their group of people, their heritage, their language, their culture, their food, their religion, whatever, as nothing. Similar to if they just shot a, a turkey to eat. So when in their idea, Valhalla wouldn't judge them for wiping out hundreds of innocent quote-unquote innocent people in a village in Russia because, oh, they're just Russians. doesn't matter. They ain't people. They're just Russians. You know, the, the women of people, because we can take them and have kids with them, but, you know, kill all the, the young children that are boys and kill all the men and take all the women. That's good. You know, it's just weird. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange time for sure. Um, and I, I think I read an interview with Robert Eggers, and, and they asked him, I think, where he, uh, like, why, why he was fast, why, why he kept doing these stories in the past or something. And he just, like I said, he just finds it interesting because it's, yeah, period, it's the fact, like, they're, they're, they're so different. It's so different, but they're still us, right? They're still recognizably us, you know, and, and, and it is. It's like, we look at it, and it's like, oh my God, those primitive barbarians. But the reality is, you take anybody from that period of time, you, Give them a shave and a haircut, or you know, a shower, and uh, get them to speak the right language. They're they're basically us. It's we are the same species. We still have those same impulses, and you know, there's absolutely nothing stopping us from going back to that and reverting to that if things collapse or just for some reason people decide to take things a different direction. Right. You know that that yeah. a lot of this, yeah, and this morality isn't necessarily inherent in us. Because we've had a whole shitload of belief systems mm-hmm. uh, that are very different than what they are now, and they have they they dominated for the vast majority of human history. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's interesting thing is too, nine hundred years after uh, Jesus Christ, right, and his teachings, and some interesting teachings that 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 are are pre- pretty good, pretty damn good actually. And this is 900 years after him, and and these cultures, because they're not Christians, you know, the, the Christians were slaves at that point, uh, they had no problem just massacring everybody, and, and they they thought they were going on, you know, so it's... It but at some point, the Christians and, start massacring as well, <laughs> at some point, so... Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Um, but again, that that's often what, what, whatever the Christians do, we we have to separate them from Jesus Christ and his teachings. So, oh so, yeah, not to disregard that's his name. Not yeah. what I was but, saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I know. I just wanted to clarify it so we don't have people go, "What are you talking about?" But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, everybody has had their unfortunate uh, things, and Mike has, has summed it up perfectly, which is. The, technically, the, yeah, I mean, who says we're not far from that, you know? I mean, 
again, they, they are pe- us. They're, they're just our ancestors, these people. You know, I mean, they're, you know, there's just Danish, Norwegians and Russians and, you know, the survivors of that era who got on a boat Weeds. and landed up in Minnesota. Yeah, Swedes. You know, they got on Minnesota and they landed up in uh, uh, Beirut. Uh, no, Berlin, New Hampshire, where there's a Russian Orthodox church, you know, on and on. So their ancestors were all savages, and it's just just strange. And and like you said, if the collapse of society, and we've seen all these shows like Walking Dead and uh, the, the the book and movie, um, The Road, and and uh, Black Summer, and and all any dystopian film. Uh, where people just revert back to what we saw in this film. And, we're, we're, you know, I mean, it's not funny. It's funny because I was in an argument with someone online, you know, as stupid arguments are. And we were talking about, I was trying to say, you know, morals are not a constant. They change with the times. You know, we have laws, they change. People you know, think different things in different times. And even in the same society, they change over a hundred years and they were just convinced that, you know, morals are morals and they are, they never change. <laughs> well, I know there's people who've tried to find universal morality, meaning looking at all the cultures that we, in human history, or at least the ones that we know of and what are, like recurring things, recurring themes, what's allowed, what's not allowed. And I think a lot of it comes down to, like, every culture murders wrong. It's just some people it doesn't count as murder. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of um, point. That yep. every, every culture, it's, you know, it's, it's wrong to rape. No women, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rape their women. <laughs> uh, it's you know, it's you know, right. that at a certain point, right. that, you know, it, it's bad to kill a child uh, unless they were deformed. You know, there's always finds these weird ways they have of justifying it. You know, slavery's not great, but hey, they're barely human anyway. There's some, you know, so um, yeah, it's a lot of these rules that were common to societies they were rules that applied they applied to us you know to the ones who made the rules and not to the outsiders and we have to look back at history and we and for very understandable reasons in the united states are obsessed with race you know but when we use that about 400 years ago as the dividing line especially the black-white dividing line. Um, no, you know, it could be just the, the next village over, them bad. It uh, doesn't matter that they, they, you know, are descended from your cousins from 150 years ago when they just decided to go see who was on the other side of the hill. They're not us. They're bad. We've just found, always find new ways to decide you're the, uh, you're, you're the other um, and you're not worthy. But yeah, humanity kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, the, you know, like uh, example of that with the next town over where we're all, they were related by, you know, third cousins or whatever, is the Hatfield McCoys. You know, you got uh, Hatfields uh, living in Kentucky on other, one side of the Ohio River, and then the McCoys living in the other side of the Ohio River in West Virginia. So it's just, you know, crossing a bridge or, or rowing a boat. And some miscommunication happens, and it's going, well, they're not, they're not Hatfields. They aren't our people. They aren't no good. They're not humans. You know, mm-hmm. and, and yet they're the same people. They just live across the river, you know. And, and so it's, yeah, it's just weird. And, and that's the thing that's interesting about, not to get into the biblical stuff again, but, you know, if if, if you just listen at uh, some of uh uh, the words of Jesus Christ, right? I mean, which is, do unto others as you would want them to do to you, right? I mean, would you right. want, when when they were in the, the Rus village, the Rusky village, Rus, what would, should, we do not want them to kill us or to rape our women or to burn our children in, in, in houses. So maybe we shouldn't do that to them. But, you know, so it's just common sense, you know, that, certain people in, in history like jesus christ made a, a valid point you know love your neighbor as you would love yourself and yet yeah that that people just unfortunately don't don't follow those things and this movie shows that pretty pretty well uh unfortunately and and it also shows like you said mike how close we're to sap being savages you know i mean you know the, the 20th century had what's it one two three four Hitler Mao uh, Lenin and and the guy from Cambodia so so I had at least five of the worst mass murders in the history of the world in less than a hundred years uh, yeah. well, so yeah, fairness, you know, that's, and, and that was only less than eighty years ago well in fairness we've had industrialization that allows you to be really be a better mass murderer than right. ever before right. you know so it's uh, we just have improvements in technology you know uh all, you know the old days uh you you had to go hacking and slashing by hand now you can just line them it, up it was, drive it was harder to drive a tank over them yeah exactly you can put them in in the, in the showers with the gas um it's so much easier to be a mess right. mess murdering fuckhead now um but uh, there's a line that i always liked which is um i don't remember which by but something that uh Every generation civilization is beset by barbarians. Uh, we call them children. Um, <laughs> the, the point being that you know that children are born barbarians in the in the modern sense of the term barbarians, and if you don't teach them civilization, you're going back to a barbaric society, right? And that, that is why this is a constant fight and a constant struggle. You know, the idea that the, again, another recurring theme on the podcast for some reason is the evilness of children. Um, and every child knows how to lie. Every child knows how to steal. Every child has some sense, most children have some sense of morality and fairness, but they're still willing to dick over their neighbors sometimes. You know, they're, they're still selfish little creatures uh, at heart. And you, you, it takes instilling values into them and civilization and the, to them and understanding rules and fairness and um it's so easy to throw all that away but i don't know how we've gotten off this deep of a tangent 
Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting, and and uh, yeah, this film obviously has a has a story to it. But I think the the most obvious thing that that was the shock value of the the film is is the savagery rather than the story itself. Um, and I think that's what makes it most interesting. Um, what else did, did you guys have to talk about uh, about the story? Anything else that was on any of your, either of your list that you wanted to bring up? I, for me, I, like I said before, this is a, a film that is competently laid, competently made. I think it takes a while to get where it's going. Uh, we know he's going to eventually face off against the bad guy. They introduce, unfortunately, this is the problem with any time you have a film that has a prophecy. And they just lean right into it where he's like, he has the opportunity to kill the king. Remember the prophecy where he's not supposed to kill the king until he fights on a lake of fire. So I said, all right, I'm just going to wait until the end of the movie to kill the king rather than kill him now. I'm like, that, that, the end of the movie could be right now. I could go home. <laughs> and and you would have killed the king. and Or you could tell more story after it, but you, know, you could fail, but you could try. Could you try to kill the king? Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's this, and this is another thing with, with Hamlet, you know, that the story of Hamlet, he's notorious for, uh, for hesitating, right. For, uh, delaying because he's always equivocating. He's always, well, how do I know my father's ghost told me that he was murdered, but how do I know it was really a ghost and it was a ghost of my father and he was being honest and that. And so he has to keep coming up with plans. He's filled with self doubt. Um, and here he's not filled with self doubt. He's he's got a magic sword that won't let him kill during the daylight uh, until he finds a loophole and beats the shit out of people with the sword in the scabbard. Um, but it was there, there is a sort of sense of things could have gone at a faster pace to me than they did, and I think to me that dragged the film out beyond. Um, what I liked, I would have liked, and it's not that a film is long. It's that the, it, it had a point, it had it, it had a, a drive, and then it was, and we're going to bide our time until we get to the volcano scene, and, and that that to me hurts the the pacing. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what did you think about the pacing, Barrett? Did, did it bother you? Was I mean, it was a long film, and, and we all knew it by just you know looking at the the, the, the information about the film when you, when you press start. But but did you feel that? It, yeah, I think it was you, right? That, yeah, I think it could have been tightened up better. Um, it was. It it did. There are a few moments where it felt. I wouldn't say draggy. It just felt like it could have been tightened up, and it cut out a few things and it would have been maybe a little better. Um, I still liked it a lot, but it could have been a more superior film, I think. I'll also say that like, I like Eggers as a filmmaker, even though the only film of his that I've really liked, and I know you weren't that fond of it, so was, was The Vivitch. Um, the Lighthouse, I, when we discussed this as, in an episode, I could recognize the, the quality of film craftsmanship there and the, the acting was fantastic um, but it is just a film that I would just just 
is the kind of film that I don't really just doesn't click with me. And again, that was just the, okay, I, well, I just don't like, you know, maybe the best sushi in the world, but I, I'm just not into sushi. Right. Um, and, and that's fine. And, and this I think is actually the most accessible of those three films. I think the, this is the film that audience would have the least difficulty getting on board with. Does, it's still there's still obstacles there the whole hallucinating uh valkyries and and the rest of it you know i i i, I do think people are going to have will still have some trouble with it it is still going to be long and it is still the get you know can you put your modern uh, judgments aside and and you're uncomfortable and you know watching the the them doing like the little wolf howl celebration and that can you put yourself <laughs> mentally in time and place and 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 by the way those, those are things i've seen this with teens anything with a different culture it, it, you know they, they they had something about weird about you know japanese culture they still would have like laughed and been uncomfortable with it or it, it's just people are freaking you know, at that age are bizarre about seeing anything different um i have to so say the wolf the wolf scene bothered me but at least there was a payoff at the end for it when he calls all the wolves or the dogs, oh, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but I think it's the I think it's the thing, the one that he did is most successful. Apparently, the students had the, the students. The studio has had demands, um, and they worked because oh, preview audiences were confused by a lot of things, so they had to tighten some things up and explain some things a little better. Uh, but he apparently has said um, he can't do that again. Uh, he, he he just. I guess they killed them to make the changes like having the title cards put things in time and place where it was a problem for him. And he would rather just do another as much as he would like to do a movie with an even bigger budget. He said he probably, you know, would just, you know, stick with, with movies that that'll that, that can leave him with final say with final cut, which is the first film he's had where he didn't have final cut. Mm-hmm. Which, which I guess means it could have been even more bizarre. Which studio was this movie with? I didn't even notice. I don't remember. This was Universal, this film. Was Universal? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it was, it was pretty, it wasn't like Universal's, you, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? The art house section of, of the big films companies it was it was actually uh universal straight universal yeah so but it's definitely art house oh yeah or it felt <laughs> that way at least at times yeah yeah anything else anybody wanted to bring up no i'm good yeah we've discussed most of the things you're good too all right sounds good all right so uh we pretty pretty much wrap up our thoughts on the north Mint. Uh, but before we do, uh, Barrett, you and I, along with uh, various co-hosts, uh, do another podcast. Yes. Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. Um, we've recently done an interview, but we still have to do the review of the movie and get, and then we'll get both of those out there. Um, we're going to probably do the monsters, uh, and I'm not sure what else, but 
we've got two shows that we've been working on that are taking all our time, and then we'll be able to do some of these boutique stuff. Indeed, indeed. Uh, speaking of uh, some of the shows that we do, uh, Mike, you, me, Barrett, and Sean Fox do a film. Uh, I mean, a, a podcast right now uh, based off of HBO Max television series. Thank you for the cue. Uh, that would be uh, the clue, rather. That would be uh, the Destination of Dragons, a House of the Dragon podcast uh, reviewing the spinoff series to Game of Thrones, which just finished its seventh episode, eighth episode. Yep. It was seventh. Was or was seven. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so, so there's three more of those yeah, to go. Yeah. And um, I, I think we're all enjoying it. Uh, whatever we may think of the uh, morality of the characters involved or the likability of the characters, uh, I think we're all enjoying the, the series. And it's, uh, it's in many ways a refer- return to form for the Game of Thrones universe. Yep. I concur. And uh, Barrett, uh, me, you, Mike, Sean Fox and Kevin Letts do a television series on a Disney Plus show. The She-Hulk Avenger of the Law. Um, we do that weekly, and it's all about She-Hulk. Yep, that's right. Uh, the She-Hulk Attorney at Law is the name of the show, and that's the, this is the podcast uh, talking about each episode. And uh, Mike, uh, once we're finished some of these uh, television series podcast. Me, you, and co-host Eric do another podcast? Uh, yeah. The other podcast is Send Mal a Cart, where you, Eric, and I take turns picking a non-horror film, such as uh, Inside Out, or uh, Forbidden Planet, or History of Violence, and uh, we discuss those. And uh, it's just sort of a way to fill in the time when indeed, we're indeed. between independent podcasts. Yep. All right. So uh, we can get into our final thoughts on this television, or not television, this movie here. And let's go around and give our final thoughts. So it's not with you, Mike. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot I like about it. I think it could have been a better film if it was a tighter film. I think the performance is really good. I I, I think um, Alexander Skarsgård really carries it. Nicole Kidman is very good. Anatella Joy, I love in everything I see her in. Um, I, I think that the, the setting is phenomenal in terms of putting you in that time and place and capturing uh, just the the way life was then. Um, and, that, and, and it has a very authentic feel to it. Uh, but, like I said, it's to me, it's the it's the pacing I think probably kills it the most. And I don't think it helps that it's uh, a familiar story. So, you know, where you're going from the beginning or, or I, I did. Um, and that also sucks a lot of the, the drama out of it. So I would say it's, a, it's a recommend, but it's more of a mild recommend. This would have actually been, this is a perfect example this would be a thing where I said, well, yeah, I don't know if you need to see it in theaters. You could watch it on home video. Well, now it's on home video. So there you go. That's perfect. It's, but even then, maybe wait for a rental. Uh, for a, not a rental, a, uh, a freebie, which I'm sure it's going to be coming to Netflix or something soon. All right. Good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the cast is phenomenal. 
and not just because of the names, but they, they actually do really good. Uh, Nicole Kidman uh, has always been one of my favorite actresses, uh, probably one of my top three of, of my lifetime anyway. Uh, I've always loved her, and uh, she's great in this. Uh, Skarsgård shows that he can be a leading man, because uh, they've been trying to get him to be a leading man for few years and in this film uh i think has put him over the top at least for now because he's got a, a bunch of other big films that he's supposedly starring in that are coming out soon as well um and then the rest of the cast was really good uh the period setting was was phenomenal and oddly uh very um non-epic in the sense because it was all small villages and things of that nature which was which was kind of interesting but Mike does have some valid points, which it is for a, a certain audience, especially fil- people who enjoy uh, art house films and things of that nature, because at certain points it is slow. Uh, and of course, when you have dreams and whatever and visions and such, you, you kind of already know where the film's going to go. It takes away a little bit of the suspense, unfortunately. Uh, and of course, it's it's uh, feel as a Hamlet uh, knockoff uh, also gives away some of the plot. Uh, but all in all, uh, it was an enjoyable film, and uh, I could see it looking pretty awesome on the big screen, um, even if, as a, as a story, it may be something to just wait for free. Um, but all in all, it, I, again, it depends on, on the individual, but I, I liked it. Uh, Barrett? Yeah, I like this film. Um, I agree with both Mike and Phil. Um, I do think it could have been tightened up a little bit, but it is a gorgeous film. There's great acting. Um, There are some weird points in it, but all in all, it's a great movie and it's worth seeing. I wish I had seen it in the theater. Sounds good. So uh, once again, this is uh, The Northman, uh, 2022 film directed by Robert Egger. Uh, a fellow New Hampshireite. Uh, the film stars Alexander Scott, Nicole Kidman, uh, Klaus Bang, Anna Taylor Joy, Gustav Lind, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, William Defoe, uh, written by Robert Eggers and Sean uh, Sigerson, and uh, various other people of note are Jaron Blasky, who did cinematography. Uh, and again, that was. Uh, as uh, Barrett mentioned, was pretty awesome. So uh, we should at least mention his name. And he's worked with um, uh, Eggers before, such as on uh, The Lighthouse, which earned him a nomination for Best Academy Award for Cinematography. Um, so that's pretty much our roundup on this film. Uh, catch it where VOD is or buy it. And with all that stated, Mike, why don't you let us out? Thank you for once again for listening to... Uh, the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, we have now selected from our patrons inside as a future episode. If you'd like to support the Patreon pod, uh, our podcast through Patreon, maybe we can pick one of your films. Uh, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you next week. 